0: Hey guys, welcome to the Swerve Church Podcast. My name is Danny, the lead pastor. I pray that the message that you're about to hear is encouraging, uplifting, and honestly, challenging as well. I wanna invite you to join us in person Sundays at 11 a.m. at the Swerve Hub at 239 Stanhope Street, or catch Church Online at 11 a.m. on our YouTube or Facebook page. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I pray that you're blessed by today's message and that it helps draw you closer to Jesus. The song of songs, which is Solomon's. Oh, that he would kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. For your caresses are more delightful than wine. The fragrance of your perfume is intoxicating. Your name is perfume poured out. No wonder young women adore you. Take me with you. Let's hurry. Oh, that the king would bring me to his chambers. Today, we're starting our brand new series, and I hope that you guys are excited about it because we are going to be talking about love sex dating and marriage yep you heard me right over the next few weeks we're going to be working our way through an old testament book called the song of songs so make sure you pray for your boy okay now here's the thing i don't know about you guys but for me growing up in 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 church this wasn't necessarily a topic that was brought up very much maybe except for what you shouldn't do or what doesn't honor god But to have an in-depth study about what God and God's word have to say about love, sex, dating, and marriage, it wasn't brought up. I guess I get it to a degree. I mean, nobody necessarily enjoys the awkward conversation about the birds and the bees. And also the biblical perspective on these things is not the popular opinion in our day and within our society. But it's a real shame because here's the truth. The world, our culture, our society is extremely vocal about their beliefs. There's zero shame in our world when it comes to declaring their stance on the things of love, sex, dating, or marriage. In fact, it's plastered all over billboards and advertisements. It's blasted through the music and movies and TV shows. It's paraded, celebrated, and platformed. The world view is extremely loud. So much so that much of our thinking has been tainted by a worldly perspective. So much so that we've compromised God's truth in the name of sounding or appearing more tolerant or to not stand against the grain of culture. So guys, we need to have this conversation. We need to be students of the scriptures to see what God and God's word says about this. Because after all, if we're followers of Jesus, if we've been redeemed and ransomed into the family of God, we live for, submit to, and surrender to a kingdom not of this world. We live for a greater king and a greater purpose. So today is going to serve as an introduction to our series because we need to lay down some groundwork. As you can see from the opening of the book of Song of Songs that we just read, it holds no punches. It comes on strong, it is very direct and potent, so let's lay down the framework. So first, why should we even talk about this topic? Well, because God instituted marriage. It's His invention. God created man and woman, He made them in His image, and He gave them the gift of sex. If we don't learn from God about this from God's perspective, everything and everyone else will gladly give you erroneous instruction about it. Make no mistake about it. Everything and everyone is teaching you about love, sex, dating, and marriage. And without God's perspective, you will learn wrongly and adapt a warped understanding. Social media is discipling you wrongly about this. Music, media, and the arts are teaching you wrongly about this. Your friends at school, your coworkers, and their dirty talk about this is wrong. Sex in the City, Friends, Big Brother, The Bachelor, Modern Family, and any other TV show that you can think of is not instructing you on in how to think biblically about love, sex, dating, and marriage. So why talk about this? Because God institutes marriage and gives the gift of sex to be enjoyed within the context of covenant marriage. A little more on this in a few. now. Who wrote the book of Song of Songs? Most scholars believe and attribute it to be written by Solomon, the son of King David. He's mentioned and identified six times throughout the book. In fact, we read it in the opening line of the book. And throughout the book, there's three main characters. There's Solomon, the Shulamite woman, and her friends who chime in from time to time. And Song of Songs is in the poetry genre. So There's a lot of imagery and poetic language. If you're into poetry and music and the arts, this is gonna be right up your alley. If you hate poetry and creative ways to communicate, buckle up, because it's gonna be a rough couple of weeks for you. But there's something about love that has a way of inspiring artistic expression. Love will make a strong man knees weak and have him try to learn guitar to serenade his love, right? Every song on the radio makes you think of the one you love, and by the way, the adverse has the same effect. A breakup and heartbreaks tend to conjure up some strong emotion that leads to artistic expression. I mean, that's why we have country music, right? Now, in the book, it appears as a conversation or singing between the three different characters. Much like a Shakespeare play, there's a dialogue between the different characters. The most vocal of the characters being the bride. She is very vocal about her desires, her passion, her appetite for her beloved. Not in a way that is crude or crass, but in a way that is healthy and by nature of being described in the book in a way that is celebrated. So for the next few weeks, we're going to navigate the book, and I think there's going to be a lot we're going to learn. A lot that's going to be helpful, a lot that we're going to be challenged with. So as we work through the book, here are some foundations to keep out front, okay? Number one, you can write this down, and that is that God is the creator and author of life, so He sets the rules. Here's what God's Word says. There is one God, the Father. All things are from Him, and we exist for Him. And there is one Lord, Jesus Christ. All things are through Him, and we exist through Him. The Bible is very clear that God is the Creator and that we are the created. We did not evolve from pond scum. You are not the result of a cosmic accident. You are not the byproduct of random chance. You were designed by the hand of God, given innate value and worth, made in the image of God. God is the mastermind behind the universe. and The more scientists attempt to reach into the depths of the cosmos, the more never-ending they discover it to become. God created that. God is the author of life, and as the author of life, He determines the boundaries, the limits, and the parameters to be set. We don't determine that. God does. And this has been an issue since the beginning of the Bible. God sets the rules, and mankind wants to question God on His rules. God creates and designs, and mankind wants to manipulate, excuse, and downright disobey. And This is the point the prophet Isaiah makes in the Old Testament when he says this, You have turned things around as if the potter were the same as the clay. How can what is made say about its maker, he didn't make me? How can what is formed say about the one who formed it? He doesn't understand what he's doing. Isn't this an absurd picture? Can you envision a potter molding clay to the shape that he wants it to be to make the vessel that he chooses, and then the clay looks at him and says, Yo, you don't know what you're doing. Yet every time we argue with God about his design, this is exactly what we look like and what we sound like. Some of you are going to be tempted to push back against God's design. Don't do that. Whether that's because of your own personal confusion or opinion, or whether it's because it's what they told you to believe on the view, Or it's what Joe Rogan or Andrew Tate told you to believe. Or whether it's because your philosophy professor in college was educated beyond their intelligence and told you that what you believe was narrow-minded and bigoted. Regardless of the reason, God is the potter, we are the clay. God is creator, we are created. God is designer, we are the design. Who knows better how to use an invention if not the inventor? And as the author of life, as the almighty God who He is, who didn't need us, yet chose to create us and have a relationship with us, He sets the rules. We simply live and enjoy it within the beautiful design God has laid out for us. So how do we know what God has to say about love, sex, dating, and marriage? Thankfully, we have a tool at our disposal. And this is number two. You can write this down. God speaks to us through His Word. Here's what God's Word says. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And we have the words of God documented for us to be able to read for ourselves. You don't have to guess. There's no reason to think, ah, man, this is Danny making all this stuff up. He must be on a power trip. Who does he think he is? Listen, you can read it for yourself. Elsewhere in the Bible, it says of itself that it is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. So you go ahead and read it, and I think some of you are going to come back all cut up because of how sharp it is. This is where we receive our instruction and direction. This is where God speaks to us. We allow the Word of God to shape and change the way we think. We allow the Word of God to speak into our lives and to instruct us on the way to go. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible, and almost all of it has to deal with God's Word. I wanted to share a couple of verses with you in regards to this idea of God speaking to us through His Word. For example, look at verse 128. I carefully follow all your precepts and hate every false way. This is the psalmist sharing that God's Word is true, and what He has to say about life and His design is truth, and all else is false. Attempting to lead you away from God's design. He further emphasizes this in saying this, My eyes pour out streams of tears because people do not follow your instruction. It's like he's sharing how he's in anguish over the fact that God's word and God's way is better, but people foolishly reject them, thinking that it will bring them joy and pleasure. By the way, this is what I want for you. For you to see God's design and to see that it is better. Not to believe the false realities painted by the world and by our spiritual enemy. Because for those who do follow His word, here's what happens. Verse 165. Abundant peace belongs to those who love your instruction. Nothing makes them stumble. So many people believe they can find peace, happiness, and joy working outside the confines of God's design, fulfilling the desires of their flesh. But nothing could be further from the truth. God's Word, following His instructions and living within His design, is what truly brings peace. The last foundational truth that we'll examine today is this. Number three, you can write this down. Marriage is instituted by God. Marriage is not a societal construct. It's not something that we created or made up. This is something established by God. He designed marriage. He designed the anatomy of man and woman to complement each other. He established a family unit. So of course it makes sense that the enemy would utilize the very thing that God established to cause his creation to rebel against him. But we see from the very beginning of scripture God creating and establishing marriage. Of course you guys know that God creates everything and as the crown of his creation, he creates man. And then we read this in Genesis chapter 2. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Then the Lord made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. When you look at this passage in your Bibles, you'll notice that Adam's words are in a stanza because essentially, as Adam meets his spouse, it's love at first sight, and he does what every googly-eyed guy wants to do, and he writes her a love song or a poem. But this is the standard God institutes from the very beginning, which begs the question, then why are there such different perceptions on marriage and sex today? Part of it is because the enemy has blinded and confused people. An attack on marriage... An attack on family is a direct attack on God that established these institutions. This is a direct attack on the very fabric of God's design. Part of it is because people have exchanged the worship of God for the worship of self, or the worship of pleasure, or the worship of created things. It's what the Bible calls idolatry. Instead of worshiping the creator, we worship the created. Instead of honoring God through the gift of marriage and faithfulness and intimacy, we worship the byproduct itself. And this is the point that Paul makes in the book of Romans when he writes this. Therefore God delivered them over in the desires of their hearts to sexual impurity so that their bodies were degraded among themselves. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worship and serve what has been created instead of the creator who is praised forever. Amen. We'll talk more about this next week and in the weeks to come, but we've taken a beautiful thing meant to be enjoyed within the context of marriage between one man and one woman for life, and we've turned it into an idol that we worship. So, guys, I understand that this topic in this series has some of you on edge. I get that, but I want, what I want to do is bring you back to God's design. Not your opinion, not your feelings, not what the world thinks, what God says. And I wanna help you see how much he loves you. The institution of marriage, the gift of intimacy and relationship is evidence of his love for you. And the intimacy, the partnership, the relationship, the love, the companionship that you feel within marriage is a taste of the intimacy, partnership, relationship, love, and companionship that he wants to have with you and that is made available through Jesus. God in his great love for you and me sent Jesus into the world to live the life that we weren't capable of living, to die the death that you and I deserve, to pay the sin debt that we owed. They placed him in a tomb where three days later, He conquered Satan, sin, and death so that all who call on the name of Jesus can have forgiveness of sin, new life, and our eternity secured. In short, his death and resurrection grants us intimacy and relationship with God. And that's what God wants for you. He doesn't want a cold, distant, religious connection to you. He desires relationship. And he made that possible through Jesus. If you haven't made a decision to put your faith in Jesus, I invite you to do so today. Let's pray. We worship you, God, because you are creator and we are the creator. Forgive us for the times that our feeble mouths of clay have attempted to correct the potter. Thank you for the gift of your word that can guide us and correct us. Would you give us understanding of your word? Help us understand and most importantly, apply your word to our lives. Thank you for the gift of marriage and for the picture it gives us of the, of the love and the intimacy and the relationship that you desire to have with us. The world is so vocal about what it believes. Help us stand firm on your word. And God, where there is confusion and question, bring clarity and build faith to trust you no matter what. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Guys, I truly pray and hope that you were challenged and encouraged by today's message want to take a second to invite you to join us in person. We're gathering this Sunday at 11 a.m. at the Swerve Hub, 239 Stanhope Street, right here in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Uh, And come on over. Join us. Come to the Swerve Hub. Let's worship together. Let's get together. Let's worship God together. Let's learn and grow together. Let's fellowship together. Why don't you come on out and join us in person this Sunday?